You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to the DNVR Fantasy Podcast presented by DraftKings. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and we still don't have Andre because he thinks that he should get a vacation once a year. I think that's kind of BS, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, You may have heard a little sound right there, and that was Guy Casavan, who is here. And we're going to be talking all about some football stuff. Um, Because of some scheduling things, we weren't able to get the podcast in before the first two games. Luckily, those games included the Texans-Lions team without a name and the Cowboys which means that they probably weren't fantasy relevant anyway. So we dodged <laughs> What? You're going to say that, dude? <laughs> we'll Before, be covering those on Tuesday, but to say those yeah. weren't fantasy relevant is uh, misleading. Antonio Gibson, sure. We'll go with Antonio Gibson. But, um, Will Fuller. Okay, Will Fuller, sure. Two guys, Ooh. two games. Impressive. Anyway, we got a Thank Sunday, you. a full Sunday slate, and a Monday, and a Tuesday game now that we need to go over. So At least in theory. Yeah, I guess. We have some questions. And, you know, I would love to start there, but I did just realize I was going to ask you one more question before we started the podcast, but I know that I'll forget after the podcast. I'm going to ask now. A 7-Eleven opened basically 200 feet from the front door of my apartment building. Yeah. What is a reasonable number of times that I can go there? Is it Uh, In a pandemic? Yeah, is it is it like three times a week is acceptable? A week? Whoa. Or is that too I, high for me? I wouldn't even look down at you for three times a day. Really? Okay. Yeah, daily isn't even a problem for me. In this, it, what we're doing right now with the pandemic and everything, man, with all these businesses closed, especially restaurants, yeah, daily, easy, man. Kidding okay. me? That is so nice because, because I, I sit here and we get to this point in the day where it's like 10 o'clock and I think, huh. I probably don't need to eat anything tonight, but I am hungry. But and I, I'm also kind of food, or not food. I'm kind of bored. I'm kind of food. Stuff. Yeah, I'm. I don't food. Handle, I don't handle these late night pods well. We're lucky Henry. that there hasn't been too much Pac-12 after dark for the buffs. Henry, but, we're on Zoom, but I can I can smell that from here. Dude, I promise. 
No, I, I would never. I, I know what happens. When you say your food, that tips me off. You've been no, smoking, no, 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 no. It's legal. You don't have to be afraid. I'm not afraid. I just need to have a, a straight record here. And so I'm setting the record straight right now. Um, All right. But we did solve my problem, which yep. could be tied to the things that you're talking about. Now let's solve our listeners. Yep. Um, daily is acceptable. Good to know. Um, yeah. Talking about these football games now, though, I think the first thing I want to talk about is that Raven Steelers game. It was supposed to happen on Thursday night. Obviously, oh. that didn't happen. Um, then it gets pushed to like Sunday and then it gets pushed to Tuesday or maybe it was Monday to Tuesday. All I know is right now it's Tuesday. Do you yeah, have enough faith that that game is going to be played to, you know, in theory, like not pick up a quarterback to start in place of Lamar Jackson? You know what I have faith in? I have faith in how greedy the NFL is that whether or not it should be played is a whole separate issue from whether or not it will be played. And I do think, yes, it will be played. Purely because they are so stubborn about not wanting that 18th week and all this other stuff that's going on. They, they want their money and it's the Steelers and it's the Ravens and they just want to get it done and they want to keep it to this schedule. I don't know. Like we are still living in a world where the Titans have what two games to make up still. And we have not gotten any answers on how they're going to do that. We're in week 12 at this point. And we haven't gotten an answer with what four more games left, or I guess five more weeks, but four more games left to be played. We haven't gotten an answer on how the Titans are going to finish up their schedule. Yeah. So yeah, I think that game is going to be played. Do I think it should? That's a whole separate other question, but yes, I do think it's going to be played. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little bit more terrified than you are. And maybe that's because I am a Lamar Jackson owner and and that means that I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a there's a very real chance that I'm gonna go through this whole week saying, well, <clears throat> these morning games. We'll see how they go. We'll see how the matchups looking. We'll we'll go through the the afternoon games and and see what happens there. Maybe if things are still going well. And at that point, like if I need to pick up a Jared Goff, right? No, no, it's Bears Packers. If I have to pick up a Mitch Trubisky and play him because it doesn't seem Oof. like things are going to go like if I really need to hold out and get those points from Lamar Jackson that I don't think I can get anywhere else, then I'm going to hold out. But otherwise I, I do think I'm going to try to find a way to avoid just playing Lamar. Even if it Lamar, is like, even, okay. Even if the game happens, he's not going to play in it. So that's a good point. A very so good. So that's, that's the thing. You shouldn't be relying on him regardless. It's just the, the real question is because he's the reigning MVP of the league how much does that factor into the league's sort of uh, approach here for this game? But at the same time, he isn't having a season where he's lighting things on fire the way that Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and even Patrick Mahomes are. So I think they'll just go ahead and play the game anyway. Yeah. And I think, I think also the Ravens are the cause of it. So they should be the receivers of the punishment, if you will. They shouldn't be the ones to, you know, get all this leeway in rescheduling a game because they are responsible for this outbreak. Yeah. As Buffs fans know, though, how these things are decided has oh. nothing to do with what is fair and what isn't fair. Um, yeah, exactly. The uh, the chances of a Pac-12 title were ripped away it's by the money. hands of Los Angeles's COVID 
outbreak that spread into USC's locker room. But that's all we're here to talk about. That's what I talked about with the other 23 <laughs> hours of my day. Um, let's just start going through here. Um, first of all, like, who are your big starts, big sits for this week? Um, oh, man. I think, I mean, there's a lot of good matchups that on paper, hopefully, will yield a lot of points. You've got, like, I think that the Raiders – Going up against the Falcons, I, I think you can look at that game for a source of a lot of points. I know Nelson Aguilar has had some big weeks recently, but he's also had some very disappointing weeks, and I still see that guy dropping balls all over the place, so I wouldn't necessarily count on him. But, uh, you know, if you're a Josh Jacobs owner, I think you're staring in the barrel of a very big week there. Um I also am looking at the Cardinals and the Patriots. The Cardinals, really, their defense – even though they drafted Isaiah Simmons, I expected their defense to improve and it has not. And pretty much every game they've been in has turned into a shootout. Um, granted last week was slightly disappointing against the uh, Seahawks, but they still gave up 28 points. So, I mean, I can go back and look at um, all their game totals, but the really way I'm getting at here is that their defense is soft. So I do like a lot of Patriots players going out this week. Um, Cam Newton, He's gotten his mechanics back to a certain extent. I mean, he hasn't looked like a world beater necessarily, but in fantasy, he's he's there with his his rushing floor and everything else. And um, I, I think that you can depend on him for a good amount of points this week. Um, I would say I think Damian Harris, I think, is going to have a decent week as well, although the problem with – I like Damian Harris's skill. It's just that – this is, you know, on the other side of the ball, when we talk about, you know, the best running back on the, uh, on the Cardinals, it's not Kenyon Drake and it's not, uh, what's his name? Um, Chase Edmonds. Yeah. It's Kyler Murray. So when you have a quarterback that is so good at running the ball like that, it's a detriment to the running backs on that squad. So as much as I like Damon Harris's skill, I think that Cam Newton will prevent him from having you know, an explosive game necessarily, but I do think that he'll have a safe floor just because of how poor that uh, Cardinals defense is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's a good point. I, I'm, if, if I hear anybody try to make an argument for this being a Cam Newton week, I will be so quick to buy in because he, to me was like one of my off season, like guys I was most excited to see. And in those first few weeks when he was tearing it up, it was so much fun to watch, but then he turned <laughs> out then... bad again. Like he has been for um, half of his career and the majority of his recent career. Um, but yeah, if you're ready to buy in to Cam Newton this week, I am very ready to join you. Um, I definitely like that matchup. Um, so, so in terms of like the Cardinals, you start though. So, so Larry Fitzgerald isn't playing, right? Yeah, and the guy that was – I forget the guy's name that was um, kind of his stand-in. I think he's questionable to play. Isabella? No, there's another guy. I'll look it up. Anyway. Yeah, who is it? Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins is an easy – you're never going to start him. DeAndre Hopkins is a start. Christian Kirk, to me, is a start, um, especially because you have to think that Gilmore is going up against Hopkins. Um Still, yeah, I don't think about Hopkins that game. like an Andy Isabella start, though. I think it does kind of end there. Yeah, I think the Patriots have like a, um, I would say like a slightly above average defense, um, but they've still given up points. They just don't give up a lot of scores necessarily. 
Um, so I would, you know, the thing about Christian Kirk is he's kind of a deep ball guy. I would, I would rather have someone that, you know, gets a lot of receptions with that safe floor. Um, but a big play guy like Christian Kirk, I mean, all he needs is like one or two to really, uh, you know, recoup that for you, that investment. So yeah. I think if you're, I wouldn't say desperate necessarily, but just understand what you're bargaining with going in on that. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. Um, one guy I'm excited about this week is uh, Wayne Gallman of Ooh, the baby. going up against the Bengals. You know, Main it seems brain. like every week Dre is pounding the table saying like, hey, you guys are kind of undervaluing Wayne Gallman. This is yeah. where I finally think he's right, and he isn't even here to say it, so I have to say it for him. Going up against the Bengals, like that's just a, a, a good matchup. Um, I think that in terms of like all of the games where Wayne Gallman should be fantasy viable, this should be it. And you know, the way fantasy football works, sometimes guys don't put up the numbers in the weeks where you think they will. But if you have them on the roster, this is one of the weeks where I think you just have to put them in the lineup. Um, off the top of my head, I think that that's the only person I'm starting in this entire game though. Yeah. I really, oh man, I was excited to watch T Higgins and this is really, I, I'm not ready to buy in on basically anybody on the Bengals right now. I know that Gio with uh, Joe Mixon being on AR, that's pretty much Gio Bernard's backfield all to himself. But I like that. Uh, the Giants defense has actually been pretty decent this year. And uh, now that they don't really have a lot of threat of the ball being thrown on them, they can kind of stack the box and Gio Bernard, I mean, he's getting up there in age as well, and he kind of has lost some of his explosiveness. So I don't see him really being able to uh, break out and, uh, you know, overcome uh, a defense that's keyed on him like that because he's going to be the safety valve um, for that Bengals quarterback who the name's slipping me right now. But, um, I mean, that's a pretty, a pretty easy thing to key on. Yeah. Yep, I think so. Um, I also like the Browns running backs. Again, if you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you're, yeah. you're starting them anyway. But going up against the Jags. Jacksonville, like, man, yeah. This is a big week for them. If, if you're yeah. playing against the Browns, honestly, or you're playing against one of those running backs, I might just, like, throw in the towel now. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. But I also think, well, yeah. There's some good, uh, you know, matchups in the secondary as well for those Browns receivers. But based on the way that that game plan has been called, uh, it's Kevin Stavansky, correct? Um, yeah. He's really been leaning on that run pretty heavily, that run game. Um, so Nick Chubb is an easy bet there. I think Kareem Hunt, while he did have sort of a disappointing week last week that was salvaged by a touchdown, he still saw a lot of usage. Um, and going up against such a, uh, you know, Charmin ultra soft defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially considering they don't seem, it doesn't seem like there's gonna be a lot of points scored on them. There's going to be a game script that pretty much always favors the running backs for the Browns. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a very safe play this week as well. Yeah. Yep. I think so. Um, here's another one of the big topics in fantasy football and has been for the last couple of weeks. Um, Taysom Hill who this week in a lot of leagues is no longer playable as anything other than a quarterback. Yeah. 
Are you interested in starting him as a quarterback up against the Broncos too? Yeah, it depends on how desperate you are again. This is this to me, I would say he has like his ceiling realistically is like I would say he's like Cam Newton light almost because like he's going to get you like a decent running floor, but it's not going to be, I would think, as impactful as Cam Newton's. Um, so I see him as like a, like a, a high-end QB2. I think if he has like a, a good game, then he'll be like a low-end QB1, but we're talking like QB9 or 10 sort of thing. You'd, you, you really have to be, I don't know, desperate. Again, like when we talked – on uh, Tuesday, you know, you asked me what my advice was going into the, you know, the down the stretch here. And that was don't get cute. Taysom Hill right here. This is a don't get cute sort of thing. If you're not able, like before it was like a very obvious, like, okay, these are the kind of points that you're going to get in your tight end or even your flex position that, you know, far outmatch what you could receive from anyone else on their best day. That's an easy play right there. That's just a smart play. But if you're thinking about starting him in the quarterback position, either you're desperate or you're just thinking too hard and you're trying to get cute because while Denver hasn't been fantastic on defense, I mean, you could look at some of like the advanced stats and be like, Oh, they're actually pretty good. They have given up, you know, fantasy points to different positions, but quarterback really isn't one of them. Even when they were getting blown out by the chiefs and by the Raiders, those quarterbacks, even though they weren't necessarily like, um, you know, there weren't like a lot of turnovers or anything. It's just that the run defense is kind of, um, I think that's the place to attack Denver. Tua Tagovailoa last week didn't look very good either. Um, even Matt Ryan, I mean, he was throwing on him, but at the same time, he didn't, you know, he didn't go all the way off on them either. So Taysom Hill, the Broncos are vulnerable on the ground, and I think that he can take advantage of that, but I don't think he's going to be um, effective enough through the air to really turn in a solid QB1 performance. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you, um, especially on the point that that is just getting too cute at this point. If you have Taysom Hill, good for you. Hold on to him, keep him, and see what happens. I don't even know if I would say hold on to him though. Really, you don't think so? I, this I really when we're going into the when we're going into the the playoffs, this is the the time when you start to have like you start to look at defensive matchups for the playoffs. Teams like if you're able to pick up the Browns defense right now, they're playoff schedule is looking pretty good i think that the chargers have some favorable matchups going to the playoffs as well or at least the fantasy playoffs this is the point where if you're looking pretty decent like you're going to make the playoffs you can start to pick up that second defense to plan ahead um you want to make sure that you know if you have a guy that's going to come off of ir that you have a space for him something like that like an austin eckler who's going to be active within i would say the next week um he's not going to play this week but I think next week he will be playing. Joe Mixon will be coming off IR at some point as well. Um, so Taysom Hill to me isn't even a guy I think you need to hold on to on your bench either. Because if you're not playing him immediately, he's not a guy that I think that – I don't think he's going to have – he's not going to be impactful for the playoffs. Huh. See, and I think he might be. And and the, the timeline with Drew Brees is – kind of shady still because of like the things that just keep popping up with the punctured lung. And then there was like the six more breaks of the ribs and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But at the same time, like 
Taysom Hill put up 24 fantasy points last week, a little over 24. And sure, the two rushing touchdowns really helps. The fact that he was playing the Falcons really helps. But after the Broncos this week, he has the Falcons, he has the Eagles, he has the Chiefs, which, you know, that that's a tough matchup. But at the same time, any game against the Chiefs, you can see turning into a shootout. And then from there, you go to the Vikings, and then week 17's the Panthers, and that probably doesn't matter. And so to me, if I have him, I'm at least keeping on my bench one more week and seeing if I can justify seeing what he has going forward. Um, but I, I also think that this is going to be a rough week for him. You know, we saw what Vic Fangio did to Tua um, and, and the reputation he has with rookie quarterbacks. Taysom Hill isn't a rookie, but he did just make his first career start last week. And so in a lot of ways, even though he is 30 years old, you could see this playing out in the way that rookie quarterbacks games against Vic Fangio typically do turn out. Right. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm skeptical this week, but I am still intrigued by the upside going forward. Um, I just think that based on like, if we're both, if we're both projecting a down week this week, right. And the, I think against personally, I think against the Falcons, even though we had like a decent week against the Falcons, I think that now that they've seen him, and because it's divisional, I think that game's going to be a lot tougher for him in two weeks. Based on that, anyone like if you were to drop him and someone to pick him up, I think he will get redropped. And if at some point down the line, like you're talking about, he's going to be playing against um, who was it after the Falcons? Eagles. Eagles. That's a defense that can get got. But at the same time, like I think you'll be able to. I think he'll be available before then if you drop him. Huh. I think you All can right. wait and see. Good stuff. I mean, we might as well stick with this game. Um, anything else that you like or really don't like in Saints Broncos? Mm, not really. I mean, I would say that uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Patrick. Uh, I think he, we talked on Tuesday about how he's actually been having some uh, under the radar good numbers, which obviously here in town, we're a little more keyed in on things. Uh, with the Broncos, but nationally, I don't think people are um, as aware of that yet. He's going to be going up against Marshawn Lattimore, which is a tougher matchup, but at the same time, like he, he's kind of been like, you know, even though Noah Fant has been uh, productive, I think that Tim Patrick for the receivers has been sort of that safety valve for Drew. And he's a guy that he trusts when he likes to push the ball downfield and try to make some risky throws. Tim Patrick is a guy that he trusts with those throws. So the likelihood of him, you know, getting even just one big catch to salvage just a safe floor and then building on it from there. I think, um, I think there's a good possibility there for him to have a, a decent week. Yeah. And so far this season, there've only been three games where he hasn't gotten to double digits in PPR leagues. Two of them were the first two games of the season. And yeah. so he has just consistently put up good numbers and I don't think there's a reason that that changes. You know, Marshawn Lattimore coming back from injury, don't don't love it for sure, um, but it doesn't totally scare me away. And I do think that it's about time to just say that Tim Patrick is good at what he does. Um, let's see, where else should we go? How about how about Chargers Bills? Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, I, I really don't like the Chargers defense, but I, I see this I see this being a very run-heavy game. Um, that's kind of the way that 
most Bills games have gone. And I think that uh, I could see Justin Herbert uh, throwing some untimely early picks and then kind of uh, them trying to play it safe from then on because, I mean, they just got their first win in the last, like, seven weeks where they just kept blowing game after game after game. And that game against the Jets was pretty unimpressive, even though they won it. I think they only won it by, like, what, six points? And, uh, I mean, I think uh, Justin Herbert had a pick six in that game. Like, even though, like, I, I know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, like, it was pretty easy to project that both those guys would have big weeks. But at the same time, like, if you look at that game just from a, a neutral perspective, like, non-fantasy, they didn't look impressive. So going up against a Bills team, they're going to have to be a lot more careful with the ball than they were against the Jets because the Jets' offense didn't really do anything. But there were just so many mistakes that the Chargers were making that put that game uh, in more jeopardy than it had any right to be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, Kalen Balaj is questionable. He's gotten the bulk of the carries the last couple of weeks. Um, if he does play, do you want to start him? And if he doesn't, are you interested in uh, Josh Kelly or Justin Jackson? Not really. I mean, I don't know. Again, you have to be desperate. Uh, running back right now with all the injuries and with certain guys possibly missing weeks due to COVID, like we were talking about Gus Edwards being like, mm -hmm. he was going to be like a, a fun start this week because JK Dobbins was looking to be out. But now all of a sudden that game is in jeopardy. Um, <laughs> and then you've got Joe Mixon being on, you know, IR, even though we thought he was going to come back. And now Gio Bernard doesn't look like he's a very safe start either. So man, I think that Kalen Balazs is going to get you like he'll have a decent floor to where it'll be like a, maybe like eight points. I think you can count on eight points from him, but like, don't expect a big week from him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of right there with you. It's good. It's not exciting, but like, like the other options that are out there right now are just like, I mean, Zeke Elliott's getting you next to nothing too. It's just, it's a tough year. It is a really tough year. Yeah. Um, let's see where else. Ooh, what do you think of, uh, dolphins jets? You know, that's a tough one because typically when you play the jets, the answer is start everybody, but the dolphins have been kind of ugly, especially like last week, obviously it, 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 uh, I guess two is questionable. Um, Salvin Ahmed, who had like the breakout week, is out. Jakeem Grant, questionable. You know, to me, this is a must start Devontae Parker week. Uh, I Thank think you, yeah. that he, when he is playing, and honestly, I, I almost like it better with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback than with two at quarterback. Um, is there anybody else worth starting? It's crazy to only have one when you're playing the Jets. Uh, no, I don't think so, man. I mean, Mike Gesicki, if it's uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that starts, Mike Gesicki could be good for you. Um, but really, I, I think uh, Devontae Parker, this is like a, a, a no-brainer start this week. I mean, he had 18.1 last week against the Broncos, and that was definitely a better defense than this Jets defense. Um, the guy who's going to be guarding him, Lamar Jackson. This is not the – yeah, the this is the other Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he uh, – he, he's pretty bad, man. His coverage grade is like abysmal. So, um, that whole secondary is like to be in week 12 and to have all these new faces on the secondary after getting rid of, uh, Pierre Desir 
and uh, bless Austin going on, I believe IR, um, that that secondary can easily be thrown on. Like they're so inexperienced, they're just going to pick them apart. And while I don't have that much faith in the other Dolphins receivers, I think Devontae Parker is an easy start this week. Yeah, and, and I like that you brought up Mike Jasicki too, because uh, if, if you're streaming tight ends, to me it's like two-thirds about touchdowns and one-thirds about the rest of it. Yeah. If you're gambling on a tight end to get a touchdown this week, why not the one who's going up against the Jets with a couple of weapons who are out and with a veteran quarterback who doesn't run the ball the way that Tua does and the guy who took over your starting running back job not out there either. Like this does kind of seem like a Mike Jasicki touchdown week. In fact, uh, shout out to the people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you're about to get a couple of bucks from me after this game is over, or not after this game. Taking is over. the over. Podcast is over. Yeah, to uh, put yeah. some money on Mike Jasicki getting a touchdown. Um, I'm on that too, man. Awesome. Uh, 49ers, Rams. <sighs> I mean, the Rams offense. I- I'm bought in. I'm all the way. Right. Um, if. I guess the running backs, I, I, I'm not bought in. The passing game is what I'm bought into, uh, especially this week going up against the 49ers. I, I don't really have anybody who I think I'd start. Is Debo back this week? Let's see. Uh, I think he might be. I saw people picking yeah. him up in my league, so I think he is. Yeah. You know, Debo is always – But that's not, a, not exciting for me. Yeah. There's just so many good receivers. Like, there's no reason to take a guy who's coming back from injury – in an offense that you don't really get all that excited about at this point. Going up against a, a, a quietly good defense, too. Yeah. Yeah, really good defense that doesn't get nearly enough hype. Honestly, yeah. this Rams team, I think, could really make a run. I, I think that they're just very well-rounded. And I, I the, the running game for the Rams seems to always just kind of kick up a notch once you get to the playoffs. You know, it happened with Todd Gurley. happened with C.J. Anderson. And I think that... At some point, one of these running backs still does emerge. You know, Cam Akers had a good week last week. Maybe it is time for him to take over. I haven't watched him a whole lot. It seems like whenever he gets touches, I'm not watching the game. But Yeah. Eh. I understand where you're going with this, but running backs don't win championships. Quarterbacks do, and I don't know if Garrett, Jared Goff is good enough in the playoffs. Like, he's not a primetime guy. I don't know if he's good enough to really just take it up another level in the playoffs – another level that you need to win that championship. Terrell Davis would like a word. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that that was the year, what, 97, 98? Come on, man. Yeah. That was so long ago. <laughs> We're talking about the modern NFL. Okay. Well, I guess that's fair. Um, like Adrian Peterson and Chris Johnson, when they had their 2,000-yard seasons, I don't think either one of them made the playoffs in either of those seasons, did they? Ooh. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I would be surprised if the Titans did. That wasn't a time when the Titans were. Maybe they stuck. I think they were 8-8 eight eight that season. And I think that when uh, Adrian Peterson had his 2,000-yard season, that was when Christian Ponder was the quarterback. And I think they finished something like 4-12. and 12. Like, it was laughably bad. Wow. What a waste. Just saying. Oh. Just saying. Yeah. No, good points. Good points. Um, let's see. I guess we Anyway, have- in this game, I mean, obviously, I think that Robert Woods – I think he's back and I love him. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, Cooper cup, I don't see any reason not to start him either. Um, The tight ends. I don't, I, 
You never know what you're to figure out when you have, yeah, when you have two tight ends like that, it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is spoken like true, like, you know, entitled fantasy football players here, but I really wish Sean McVay would just come on, man. Like Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, just pick one, man. Like, come on, let's yeah. get, help us out. It's too hard to decide on the two of them, but at the same time, like, because tight end is such a wasteland. Uh, I mean, again, this is an if you're desperate situation. I think that, you know, the 49ers can be thrown on. So, yeah, to me, I probably go another direction while I'm looking for a tight end. But again, if you're desperate, you can talk yourself into it. It's just so tough. Like last week, they play the Buccaneers. Gerald Everett, four catches, 27 yards. Tyler Higby, four catches, 19 yards. You combine those, and that's a nice, solid day. That that's you know nothing flashy, but for a tight end, eight for like fifty, yeah, and you still get like thirteen points out of that. Exactly, but when they're splitting it that way, you know, we we talked about this on last week's podcast. Um, the question was like, who are some guys who are good football players who aren't great fantasy players? You can point to these Rams tight ends because yeah. they're just having their work split. Um. Let's see. But for, as far as the running game is concerned, I mean, Daryl Henderson had like what two point nine last week or like two point one, something like that. Yeah. I don't. I he had big games earlier in the season and like wasn't able to take advantage of it. So I would stay away from that backfield. Yeah, and I guess for Cam Akers, it's just so crazy looking at these numbers. You know, but last week again, the same game, they put up twenty seven points. They win. You think they've got to have some sort of decent running game? Malcolm Brown, three carries, 20 yards. Cam Akers, five carries, 15 yards. D'Angelo Henderson, eight carries, five yards. Daryl, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tyler Higby gets a carry for a yard. Um, And then in the passing game, Cam Akers has a four-yard touchdown catch that salvages his fantasy day. Like, you really do just have to stay away from these running backs still. And I did think that some point this season – one of them would emerge. And there was like that little flash kind of early on where both, both Malcolm Brown and uh, Daryl Henderson, you could have started for a two, three-week stretch, but then it's just gone again. Uh, a couple of games left, though. Um, let's see. Uh, Chiefs-Buccaneers. Obviously, Chiefs, uh, I'm, I'm still on the start everybody train. Well, actually, I don't even know if that's true. Because you have Tyree Kill, you start. You have Patrick Mahomes, you start. You have Travis Kelsey. You have Clyde Edwards, Elaire. Um, I think you start Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, I don't think that I start the other receivers, especially because I'm, I'm trying to check, but I don't think Sammy Watkins is back this week. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Do you do you have any issue with any of those takes? Le'Veon Bell, I have an issue with. Really? Yeah, I mean, he vultured a touchdown, but that doesn't make him startable to me. He only had seven carries last week for twenty-five yards. Man, like that's not—he's not involved yeah. enough in the in the game in the game plan of the Chiefs for me to start him. It it hurts Clyde Edwards Hilaire because he's getting touches taken away from him, so it makes me downgrade him. But it doesn't make Le'Veon startable to me. I think Tyree Kilk, Travis Kelsey, those are your your no-brainer starts on that team, but. You know, even going up against a Tampa Bay secondary that's pretty decent, I think, you know, Tyreek Hill, all it takes is one play, and he certainly has the ability to, you know, to break it out at any moment. Uh, Travis Kelsey is just 
old reliable and there's with Titan being so bad again, I mean, we're going to say this ad nauseum, but there is no world in which you ever don't start him. I mean, I would start him even on a bye week at this point, but seriously. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Outside of that, I mean, I, I was hoping for more from Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but um, it just seems like Le'Veon Bell is just, he's downgrading his value at a point when he was already losing value. So yeah, the, to me, the reason I like Le'Veon Bell is that I do think that his role keeps building within the offense. I think that each week they're going to find more things for him to do. And he is touchdown dependent, but at the same time, you look through these Chiefs games, 35 points last week, 33 points the week before, 35, 43, 26, 32, 26, 34. Like they're just putting up so many points and scoring so many touchdowns that being touchdown dependent and also being a chief is worlds better than being touchdown dependent and being on 90% of the rest of the league. And because it is so hard to find good running backs right now, I think you could do a lot worse at running back too than Le'Veon Bell. I wouldn't, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I would rather have a guy that's getting volume yeah, than a guy who has to get a touchdown because without that touchdown last week, I mean, he, he basically has like a four point game. Yeah. Well, four and a half, 4.6. <laughs> well, you say that, but it's also the yards he gets from the carry, too. I mean, oh, there's that, too, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I guess he is just kind of a fringe guy to me, but there's again, you could do a lot worse at running back, too. And there's a good chance that, at least in one of my fantasy leagues, I will be doing worse. Um, on the Buccaneers side, <laughs> is there anything that you like? Um, the Chiefs actually have a somewhat decent secondary. Um, Antonio Brown is probably going to be on people's mind as like, you know, oh, it's the Chiefs. It'll be high scoring. I think he'll do well. Um, but Charverius Ward, who he's going up against, is only allowing 7.7 7, uh, fancy points per game at this point, which is actually like pretty good. It's, it's uh, one of the better marks in the league right now. So I think that's a, a matchup that you should be aware of. And Tom Brady, he's not throwing the deep ball as accurately as he has in years past. So with both those things combined, I'm out on Antonio Brown this week. Moving forward, I think going into the playoffs, because I think they have a bye week next week. And then going into the playoffs, there are some actually some really good matchups for him. But this is not the week to start him in my mind. Uh, Mike Evans, I don't think he's been seeing enough work. Um, with all these other options available for him to warrant being started. And then Chris Godwin, I don't think he's really looked the same necessarily since he's come back from multiple injuries of this season and going up against Tyron Matthew, who again, he's actually got one of the better ratings um, for secondary players in this league. So I, I don't really like any of the options for Tampa Bay this week, to be honest. And those, that running game is just, I don't know. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Really yeah, I'd rather not mess with it, especially in a game that, like, if it's going to end up high scoring, it's going to take the running backs out of it to a certain extent. It's going to game plan away from it. So, yeah, I don't like anybody in this game for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm kind of right there with you. You know, I could be convinced to start Antonio Brown, but it, it wouldn't be easy. You know, he's he's been involved. You know, to, to see him catch eight balls last week. 
and and most of them be underneath. Like I really do think that he is very valuable with Tom Brady in a way that a Mike Evans will not be. Um, the thing is, you have Antonio Brown. You don't need to cut him if you don't start him this week. Just take another week and wait and see what you have. And I'm holding are, on to him for playoffs specifically. I think he'll be good in the playoffs, but for these next two weeks, you kind of just have to bite the bullet on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. Ooh, the Buccaneers have a bye next week. It looks like they might have. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They have they have an extremely late bye. So they have this week, and then they have the bye. So you just have to eat it these next two weeks, basically. Mm-hmm. But after that, week 13, 14, 15, I think that things are going to look a lot better for you. Yep. Vikings in there. Found that's what's, okay. Yeah, yeah, we haven't gotten to that game yet, the Vikings. Yeah. But uh, their sec- yeah, their secondary is one of the worst in the league. It's up there with uh, with Seattle. I, I think they're 31 to Seattle's 32. Um, they've got some awful players on that secondary. So, yeah, it's Minnesota, then Atlanta, then Detroit, who those are all teams that are easily thrown on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Antonio Brown, I love for the playoffs, but for these next two weeks, it's going to be tough, man. But you just have to understand that, you know, that's just the way it is. Yep. Um, Part of the keep investment. Going, let's keep talking about the Vikings. They're playing the Panthers. Yeah. This- and like you said, I'm excited about this game. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think that this will be a fun one. You know, it's it's going to get overlooked because the Panthers are four and seven and the Vikings are four and six. But mm-hmm. seriously, like Teddy Bridgewater coming back, it, it did feel like right before he got hurt, the receivers were starting to do some things. And PJ, the guy yeah. from the XFL, came in and was able to make some stuff happen. Uh, no Christian McCaffrey this week, right? I don't think so, no. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's still on the fence, but it, it looks doubtful. Okay. Um, but, yeah, like you said, man, uh, PJ was actually it was surprisingly, like, uh, beneficial to the receivers. Like, he didn't have, like, a standout game necessarily, but, like, DJ Moore had one of his best games of the year, which people just did not expect. Mm-hmm. And I was actually – if Teddy Bridgewater – like, Teddy Bridgewater's coming back actually makes me downgrade DJ Moore slightly – even though it's an insanely good matchup for him, he's going up against Cameron Dantzler, who, like, I think he's giving up the second most points in the league right now per game after DJ Reed of the Seattle Seahawks. He's giving up 20.4 points per week on average. That's insane, man. DJ Moore is, like, that's a great matchup for him. But Teddy Bridgewater just never really seems to look his way for some reason. So, like, this is a very uh, – it's hard for me to – like, I, I want to get really excited about that matchup, but then I also have to, like, temper my expectations. So I think Robbie Anderson will get more looks, but I think DJ Moore will be productive with the looks that he gets. And then hopefully, I mean, with how bad Cameron Dantzler is, hopefully DJ Moore can, with what few looks he gets, he can still salvage a touchdown out of that. I think it'll it'll still be a, a safe game for him. I mean, expect something like in the 12 to 15 range, which, you know, that should be good. But this is also a matchup that like if you had anybody else at quarterback who favored him a little bit more, you could be looking down the barrel of like a 30 point week. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But um, I think that his floor is an easy 12 to 14, 15. Yeah. And, and I feel pretty good about all of these Panthers receivers this week. Um, for the reason you said Vikings don't have much of a secondary. And I think that Teddy, I don't know. I just I just get good vibes more than anything. Like I just yeah. 
good about this matchup. And then on the Viking side, obviously we have Dalvin Cook. No reason to ever bench him. Um, no. But I like Justin Jefferson. Um, I like Thielen. Uh, I think that this is one of the bigger fantasy games of the week. Yeah. I mean, I do think that uh, – I don't know. Well, it's, it's kind of hard to say because Tampa Bay blew them up and then they shut out Detroit. So that's Detroit. Carolina's, Carolina's defense, I know, has to be somewhere like kind of – they're surprisingly good considering the fact that we thought that they're all going to be, you know, in the running for the number one overall pick. But at the same time, uh, they can be thrown on. So I, it's not going to be like explosive games. Like Adam Thielen had like an insane game. Also, though, I will say I'm pretty sure Adam Thielen – uh, is he not COVID positive? He might not even be playing oh, this he? week, so I need to double check on that. Yeah. Let me look at that up real quick. Yep. Wow. Minnesota Vikings likely to be without Adam Thielen versus Carolina Panthers. That was just three hours ago. Um, so Justin Jefferson, I would say, is going to have um, a much bigger workload as a result of that. So I would – he also has a more favorable matchup too. So I like Jeff- Justin Jefferson a lot more in this in this game. Yep. So be prepared to be without Adam Thielen if he's on your team. All right, let's get into these primetime games. Sunday night football, Bears at Packers. Ugh. How much does that Bears defense scare you? Uh, you know what scares me about the Bears defense is they make every game boring. I it's know. not fun to watch Bears games. <laughs> Even, like, if they win, like, they're just – they're one of those boring teams to watch. I think that uh, – this is one of those things where like Aaron Rodgers plays against the Bears so much that like he knows how to beat them, but it won't necessarily be exciting. So like Devontae Adams is probably safe. I mean, I yeah made the bad decision to bet against him last week. Never do that. But he doesn't he looks unstoppable at this point. So I mean, maybe he doesn't have like a 30, 40 point game, but like, you know, you're getting greedy if you expect that every week. Um, but again, this is like a safe, like, you know, 12 to 15, much like with DJ Moore, obviously he's got more talented than DJ Moore, but at the same time, he's going up against a better defense. I still think that he produces, it's just not going to be the most exciting. It's not going to be like a world beating performance. It's just going to be good enough to win the game outside of that though. I mean, I don't really, uh, Jimmy Graham, game. uh, well, Marcus Valdez scaling and Alan Lazard, they have really tough matchups, I man, against Kyle Folder. And uh, Buster Screen, uh, respectively. Um, I mean, Kyle Fuller's given up 8.9 points per game and Buster Screen 6.6. So they have some of the best marks in the league. And, uh, I mean, I'm just not really impressed with either of those two guys. They have the potential to go off in bad matchups, but this is not, you know, one of those matchups where I think that they have the potential to do that. So I see a lot of Aaron Jones and I see a lot of, uh, what's his name, Devontae Adams and uh, not much else. Yeah, me too. And on the Bears side, you know, the, the, the Packers defense isn't all that good. It's just that when you have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, it's tough to think that the Bears offense is going to be any better. Um, their secondary isn't bad. It's just that their running game or their running defense is like horrific. Hmm. So not that there's anybody impressive running the ball for the Bears, but uh, I mean, Jair Alexander, he's got a pretty good rating this yeah. season, as does Shannon Sullivan. So uh, Anthony Miller and Daryl uh, Mooney, I don't expect them to have very good weeks, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, whoever's playing quarterback, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or I guess it's not Nick Foles at this point. Is he hurt? 
Um, I think he's listed as doubtful, but they have already said that Trubisky's starting. Yeah, regardless, man, <laughs> I I wouldn't be excited about. I mean, what's his name? Um, Allen Robinson is. You know, he figures to have. He's going to be the the biggest beneficiary of whatever they do in the passing game there in Chicago. But I wouldn't be excited about it, man. I wouldn't have your hopes up. Agreed. Um, one more game to get to. Seahawks at Eagles. And let's see. Let's start with is Chris Carson back? I haven't seen. Chris Carson is. is questionable. Yeah, but questionable this season has always been. I don't know. They'll play it. I think they'll play it safe, man. Considering the rate at which guys get re injured and the fact that he came into the season already injured and he's been plagued by it for different reasons, whether it's actual legit injuries or guys twisting his damn leg in the bottom of a pile. Like I, if I had to put money on, I would say he's not going to play this week. Um, I mean, obviously keep an eye on it. Like Sunday morning, they say he's good to go. Then sure. Play him. But I wouldn't be particularly excited about, you know, leaning on him necessarily, but I mean, obviously as bad as Carson Wentz has been, his receivers have produced even in his, some of his worst games, um, so Jalen Rager going up against DJ Reed this week, I think that is a sneaky, really good play because um, DJ Reed is giving up a massive 21.8 fantasy points per game. Like he is, that's the highest of any cornerback this season. I don't know how that dude has a job, to be honest with you. I mean, I guess <laughs> like if he's starting, that just goes to show how bad their depth is. But at the same time, like, He's awful, man. And Jalen Rager, I mean, he's shown flashes. He's shown he has some chemistry with Carson Wentz. So I think he has a big week. I think this is one of those weeks where he breaks out, uh, so to speak. I mean, he has sort of had like many breakouts, but uh, I think this is a week where he really could, you know, take off. It, it comes down to Carson Wentz just not being careless with the ball, though. I mean, he leads the league in interceptions, fumbles, and sacks. Yeah. I mean, he's That's not good. crazy. And there's Horrible. no there's no way you start him, right? Like like Carson Wentz, no. Uh, even that's getting cute. No, that that is the definition of getting cute. You're like, oh, it's Seattle's defense. I'm going to play the quarterback that's playing against him. Maybe he has a big week, but like the likelihood of that happening is so much lower than him putting up an absolute like we're talking like a five six point game like he did. Was it last week when he did that? I mean, we're talking about he's had single-digit games for, like, the past, like, three weeks, I believe. Yeah. He's been horrible. All right. Uh, He's a guy that was, like, drafted pretty high – or, like, not pretty high, but he was drafted in, like, what, like the eighth, ninth round as well in fantasy drafts? Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Um, Before we get out of here, let's fly through some questions. Um, Broncos defense or Buccaneers? Um, Oof. I'm going to go Broncos. Yep, me too. Um, from Steph from Tuesday, question for the pod. I'm getting trade offers for Miles Gaskin, who I've been holding on to through IR. Uh, they're offering a tight end like Ingram, who I actually dropped earlier for Jimmy Graham, or Hurst, or a running back like Henderson. My current active running backs are Chris McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, Mike Davis, and I picked up JD McKissick recently. I'm six and five. Or quarter PPR, is this trade worth considering? Am I wasting a bench spot on Gaskin? I'm not 
I like Gaskin's talent, but um, as good as uh, what's his name? Who's the Mike Flor- uh, Flores? Mm-hmm. Brian and, uh, Brian Flores. Sorry, I'm thinking Mike Florio. Uh, Brian Flores, as good as he's been as a coach, their running game really has been um, an Achilles' heel for them, for lack of a better term. Um, so I do like Gaskin to a certain extent. I'm not particularly excited by the system that he's in, but I will say everything that she's being offered there, horrible. Yep. Hayden Hurst just put up a goose egg the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl Henderson obviously has proven to be just on the outs. And then like pretty much everything else is being offered there is like horrible. So if someone is actually interested in Gaskin, you can use that as leverage to negotiate something better than what the hell they're offering you there because all those guys are droppable. Like you said, she drops one of the – like Evan Ingram earlier in the season, and Evan Ingram has not impressed me. No. So if that's a guy that you dropped earlier in the season, like if you don't want to hold on to Miles Gaskin and there's someone better on, on the waiver wire, then pick up that waiver wire guy. But all these other guys are going to end up on the waiver wire. And if someone wants to get Miles Gaskin from you – you should be able to negotiate something better than what the hell they're offering you there. Yep. Um, yeah, I pretty much totally agree. Um, oh, who should I put in the flex? Chark, Henderson, AB, Gus Edwards, Lazard. DJ Chark, Daryl Henderson, or the other one? Lazard? Yep, AB, and Gus AB? Edwards. And Tony Gus Edwards. Oh, God. It's a tough one. Dude, Gus Edwards was looking like such a fantastic matchup this week. He was going to have that backfield all to himself. He was. But I can't – if that game's on Tuesday, man, there's still the possibility that it doesn't get played and you get an absolute goose egg from him. So with that at risk, I would say no. Me too. Um, personally, I would go with DJ Chark. As, like, as unexciting as that is, he's not – I think his ceiling is capped, but I think that he also has the safest floor of any of those options, especially considering Daryl Henderson, like his floor, we've already seen his floors down in like the two point range. Um, and then I forget the, uh, the fourth one that you mentioned. Oh, AB. I, we already talked about how I don't think AB is going to have a big week this week either. If I had to rank them, I would go Chark, AB, Gus Edwards, and then Daryl Henderson. But yeah, I, I still think it's Chark. Yeah, I, I I'm really torn between Chark and AB. I mean, I'm, what is Mike Glennon going to do at quarterback? Like, I I think that there's real bust potential. Whereas with AB, I'm confident he's going to catch three balls. The thing is that Cleveland can get thrown on, and if that game starts to get out of hand for them, there's going to be a lot. Like the game script is always going to favor throwing the ball. I think. Um. So I think that DJ Chark will just see more opportunity, more volume versus AB who I mean I think that that defense can put the clamps down on him um as because people have they've been out on Casey's defense man mm-hmm. they just see Casey putting up all these points and they don't realize that the defense has actually been pretty good um so I would just say that DJ Chark is gonna have more opportunity um okay yeah let's make a bet I'll take that's AB. my reasoning you'll take AB I'll take Chark yep easy man all right um if any more questions can't play. We're past that. Jacoby Myers, Sterling Shepard, or Gus Edwards? Oh, man. I think uh, Jacoby Myers actually could be a good play this week because that um, that Arizona secondary is, like, pretty bad. Yeah. 
Just yeah. looking at it right now. Let's see. Yeah, J- Jacoby Myers is going to be going up against Byron Murphy, who's given up 16.8 points per game. That's actually a sneaky good play this week. Yeah. So I would go with that. And that's kind of – we've already talked about Gus Edwards, and who was the other one? Uh, One second. I scrolled past it. Uh, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I'm not excited about Sterling Shepard. So that's Jacoby Myers in a landslide for me. I agree. Um, PPR, should I drop Fulgham? Or Higgins for Judy. Ooh, I would say Higgins. Higgins, yes. Fulgham, no. Um, but I mean, Higgins against Jacksonville actually could have a good week this week. True. That's a plus matchup for him against Trey Herndon. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. I mean, that's a good matchup, but at the same time, Baker Mayfield hasn't been world beating, and like we said, Kevin Stefanski is absolutely loving the run game lately. I mean, I, I I, don't have the numbers in front of me, but I could almost guarantee you that they're running the ball more than anyone in the league. I think that's a pretty safe bet right there. Mm-hmm. So Rashad Higgins is just – the game script isn't favoring him, even if he has a good matchup. I would say you could probably drop him for Judy, but I wouldn't drop – what is it? T. Higgins. It's T. Oh, T. Higgins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, easy, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially considering what happened to oh my god, Joe Burrow, R.I.P. Man, I know that's sad. Um, let me make sure there's none on the last podcast, which I don't know. <laughs> there it is. All right, that's a lot of dead air. I think we're good on questions there, Henry. If there are any more that we need to address, we still have the uh, tailgate on Sunday. So so true. If you haven't already, tune into the tailgate Sunday mornings. Uh, we start things off at 9.30, go right up until kickoff at 10.55, which usually means 11.05 because can't seem to keep it inside those bounds, but that's by virtue of us having a lot of fun, so definitely check it out. Um, it's a good time. It's it's definitely a trip away from your, uh, your boring uh, button-down uh, morning preview shows on uh, the other networks, so uh, give that a watch. We've got fantasy-specific segments on that show as well, as well where we will answer live questions, um, address some of the ones we may have missed on the podcast and uh, give our, our big starts and sits for the week. Sometimes I wonder, like, if I were to wear a button down to work, would <laughs> I get fired? Because <laughs> I think there's a real chance I would get fired. Like, like Spano just looks up and he's like, the F are, are you, you wearing? Yeah, what are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for today. Uh, Good luck this week. We'll see you on Sunday, like Guy said. Um, If for whatever reason you're a loser and can't make it to the tailgate, we'll see you again Tuesday at 3 o'clock when we talk fantasy next week. Um, And, uh, yeah, send in your questions, all that kind of stuff. I guess Thursday is a question pod, so just get ready to come listen to us. send some questions in. We'll answer them. Sure, why not? Bye. Jay on the baby.